Let us pray. Oh, Father, we thank you how you are always there for us in the deepest recesses of our hearts, in the good times and in the bad, and how your holy word equips us to live a life closer to you. And so, Lord, we pray now that as we come once again to seriously consider the scripture, that you might give us hearts that are willing to listen and minds that are willing to think so that we might radically love in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, friends, welcome back to um, our final week of the three-part series, Life Together. When we enter a relationship with Jesus Christ, we also enter a relationship with others who are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the beloved community, the church, the body of Christ. And at the center of our life together is our life together command. My command is this, Jesus said. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus' command is a verb, it's a noun, and a living example of what's called agape, sacrificial love. The kind of love that puts the best interests of others first. We are called to love others sacrificially, especially, listen, especially when we disagree with one another or we have hurt one another or simply squeezed too much toothpaste out of the tube. That's why last week we considered how to have a healthy conflict with one another. And the week before, we considered how to overcome the spirit of criticism. We are the beloved community of Jesus Christ, and as such, we are to operate differently than the world in which we are living. And the world in which we are living knows how to dole out some nastiness, does it not? Sacrificial love for one another is the strategic cornerstone of Jesus' ministry, because when we love each other, it equips us to love into community those who do not know Jesus And that is our mission, friends, our strategic mission. This is our strategic blueprint from Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Our mission is to go discipling in Jesus' name. You ever wonder what we're here for? It's to go and disciple in Jesus' name. Jesus' command is the Great Commission, and it is linked to that other Life Together command, love others. We disciple by loving each other sacrificially, by teaching those who are new to the faith the concept of sacrificial love through our example of Life Together, and for modeling for the rest of the world why we come to them in Jesus' name. In today's scripture lesson, Jesus reminds us that the reward is the same for everyone who shares life together with him in the parable of the vineyard workers. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. You see, in the kingdom of God, it does not matter whether one enters a relationship with Jesus early in life or later in life or somewhere in between, for the reward of eternal life remains the same. Now, 
It makes an impact on your daily living. But I'm saying as far as the, the outcome, the eternal reward, whenever you come to Jesus, it counts. You see, every person who comes to God through Jesus Christ is a VIP in the kingdom of God. We are very important people in God's kingdom through Jesus. And so my question is this. If the first is the last and the last is the first, then who does God consider to be the most important person in church on Sunday morning? Who y'all reckon is the most important person in church on Sunday? Did you say me? It is not me. It's the visitor. The visitor. Not the pastor, not the choir, not the chair of the administrative council who's running the camera and stuff back there. He said, I, I can already tell you, you've left us out. You're right, I did, guys. It's the visitor. And why is the visitor the most important person in church worship on a Sunday morning? Because the visitor is the reason we are open. This is why we do outreach. This is why we share our lives with others. It's why we want to be a building and our people and even our bulletins to be visitor friendly. Y'all, it's a scary thing to be a stranger walking up to the door of a church for the first time. And we who do it every week or almost every week or even monthly or even at Christmas and Easter, at least know how it goes, right? We don't really know what it's like to walk into a brand new church never having been there before. And can you imagine never having been to church at all in your entire life and trying to walk into one? See, we know names and faces. Well, at least I'm starting to know names. We know where the bathrooms are, praise be to God. We know the routine of the congregation on Sunday morning. Strangers know none of these things. So we must remember we are not here for ourselves. We are here for the strangers who walk through our doors. We are here for the lost. We are here for the hurting. We are here for the searching. And I know that that's a new concept for some of us who think, well, we built this church. We paid the bills. So we'd have a nice place together on Sunday morning. Now, maybe you don't think it like that in a southern accent, but maybe you've thought something like that. Sorry, gang. As much as we love each other, as much as God loves us, this Christianity thing, it's not about us. As John Maxwell reminds us, a visitor is the most important person in church on Sunday. His or her attendance has been motivated by a friend or a deep need. He or she brings hurts, questions, and apprehensions. The visitor looks for warmth and acceptance and smiles. Smiles. When these things are found, the visitor will return. And when she or she returns, the visitor will find God. So if the last is the first and the first and the last and the visitor is the most important person in church on a Sunday morning, so then who do you think is second? The greeter and the usher. I bet you all didn't know you were that important. You should have told everybody to come in today. I'm the second most important person here. You see, the job of the greeter and the usher is so much more than handing out bulletins and taking up offerings. Greeters and ushers have the first contact 
with a visitor. That makes their ministry supremely vital for church on Sunday morning. You see, greeters and ushers, that's where typically our love is first felt. So be ready, greeters and ushers. Show people you care. Serve and assist. Welcome. Offer direction. Guide. Show kindness. Because yours, listen, your kindness might be the first and the last kindness somebody's going to receive this coming week. And then that's that. I mean, wouldn't you love to come to church and be greeted with the people that have this kind of expression? I think this may be the first time Dixie Dog has made her um, appearance in worship. This is my um, 90-pound lap dog, Dixie. She, she looks just like me. My old pride and joy. Dixie is always happy to see me. She's always happy to see me. You know, not everybody's happy to see me sometimes, but Dixie is. She's always, hey, I missed you. You were gone so long. I was in the bathroom. I know I'm so glad you're here. All right, so maybe we don't get on all fours or jump straight up in the air when we see somebody coming, but maybe we do smile. And we make direct eye contact when we see somebody coming. We don't look past the visitor to the person that's coming that you do know. Because it can be awkward right now, right? When you see somebody you don't know for the first time, and you see somebody coming after them, and you go, Hey, John, how's it going? And then you start talking with them and, and ignore the person you don't know. A few years back, I had the opportunity to attend two different United Methodist churches in Greenville, Tennessee, on one Sunday morning. And I, I attended these because I wanted to see what their worship experiences were like. And I wanted to see um, how I was treated as a visitor. And I went to one. And um, somebody saw me in the parking lot and greeted me and welcomed me. So are you here today? I said, yes, my first time. They, they brought me right inside the door where somebody else was waiting to talk to me. And we had to talk for a long time. And, and as we got to talking, I said, you may not know this, but I was baptized in this church as an infant. See, my father had worked there. And uh, she said, who's your father? I told him. He said, I know him. And, it was, and, it, and it, the, whole, the whole worship experience was great. And then I went to the, a late service at another church. And I walked in the door. And no one said hello to me. No one said a word to me. I walk up to the main entrance of the sanctuary. Ushers, greeters, I want you to know I've never seen this here. If I do, I'll let you know. But all they did was look at me and go, They did not say hello. They just handed me a bulletin and said, go on about your business. I had a seat in the pew. Nobody was talking to me. Nothing like that. Then it came time to sign a pew path. So I signed it reverend. And it went on down the aisle. And I watched the people <laughs> change how they were behaving. And all of a sudden, I was welcomed with open arms. We're so glad you're here. And it was too late. It was too late. I'd made up my mind already. I'll never go back to other church ever again. Ever. Now, I think I got ahead of myself in the sermon. But when we get to that, remember this story. <laughs> All right. The, um, 
Here's the third most important person. Child care. Child care is important to visitors, um, which makes not only the nursery the most important room in the church, but also our attitude towards children in worship. Because young parents are going to select the church more on the nursery care than on the theological statements of the congregation or the preaching of the pastor. You see, to those parents who are looking for a church home, the person holding their child is more important than the person behind the pulpit. Jesus said, let the little children come unto me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. You know, Jesus puts everybody else on hold to welcome the kids, right? And why is that, do you think? Because children are the most receptive to the gospel. Proverbs remind us, train a child in the way they should go and when they are older, they will not return from it. It's hard to train a child in the way they should go when we are giving parents dirty looks because their child's making a noise during the sermon. And listen, if I'm being cool about it, then you should be cool about it. Because we're here to make a joyful noise to the Lord. And there is no sound more joyful in all the world to the Lord than the sounds of children in worship even and especially if they're crying. I once had to finish a sermon with Haley and a ball. The sermon was going terribly until she inserted her crying and Amy had to go take care of Madison because they're 19 months apart, right? Going terribly, 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 terribly. And then um, Haley started crying and she actually saved me. And I finished the sermon with her arm. Oh boy, was that that. First, the visitor. Second, the greeter. Third, the attitude towards children. So, who is the fourth most important person? The person sitting next to the visitor. Right? Remember those churches in Greenville? After I signed that pupil as reverend, everything changed. And, uh, and it was too late. Because how I was initially treated left a mark. And, of course, now that particular congregation brings glory to God as a sermon illustration of what not to do. So if you're sitting next to a visitor or you're sitting next to somebody you do not do or do not know, do these things. Smile. Hi. I promise it feels a little uncomfortable to feel try it with me now. On the count of three, let's all smile. One, two, three. Oh my gosh, the room lights up. Yes. I know, I saw a couple of you back there going, I don't smile, I don't do that. Introduce yourself. Learn their names if you can. Welcome them. Introduce them to others around you. Hey, John, this is Randy. Offer assistance. Right, if you want to, if you want to be really radical, write down their names and give them to me. Because contrary to popular belief, I don't know everyone. And if you're sitting next to the visitor and they come in and you see them sit down in the pew, don't do this. Sure, you can sit right in here somewhere. 
you don't, you don't, look, they, they might never come back again, but they might. But if you're hogging into the pew, just making it difficult for them to get in, don't do that. Don't be judgmental about how they dress or how they look. At my last church, there was a regular visitor who came to our church. And there was something a little not quite right about him. Um, and, but he was a regular visitor. He always sat in back. And then one day, we had a young couple come in with a baby. And this gentleman was covered in tattoos from head to toe and had gauges in his ears and piercings. And during the passing of the peace, this, this older gentleman walked up to him and said, you're never going to get into heaven with all those tattoos and piercings. You know what's tricky about that is, um, number one, he's wrong. Number two, they're both equally welcome in worship. But if you can avoid doing things like that, boy, that would just be fabulous. <laughs> Don't make him move out of your pew now. Oh, I'm getting ready to show you something. I'm so excited to show you this. Don't make him move out of your pew. But listen, if you do, for heaven's sakes, after you die, please don't do what this lady did. You might not be able to see her. Well, she looks good up here. You can't see as well in the back. Listen, this is Gert Rizzoli. And I'm not making this story up. This was Gert's seat in the pew. When she died, the family had her bronze and put back in the church in her favorite seat. not lying. I can give you the link. You can look it up for yourself. Her daughter said the following. She loved gazing at the pastor from that spot, being the first in the row to receive communion, having quick access to the bathroom, says daughter Sophia. It gave her a sense of deep spiritual comfort. <laughs> wow. A church family friend said, she was a Christ-like lady, except when it came to giving up that spot. <laughs> she had a real sense of her turf. To her, it was like the Israelites. Once you get land, you don't give it up. <laughs> wow. Y'all listen, don't be a girt, okay, about your pew. Remember, it's intimidating to walk down the aisle to an open pew. And of course, visitors often have to walk down the aisle to the open pews because let's be honest, all the best seats in, 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 the, in the building are in the back, right? So don't make them move out of your pew. Smile, be kind, treat them as you would guest in your own home. So remember, in the order of importance, the visitor, then the greeter, then our attitudes towards children, and then the person sitting next to the visitor. And so who's the least most important person in church on a Sunday morning? The person up front. I'm the least important person here. Because the visitor has already decided whether they will return before the pastor or the worship leader has ever even uttered a word. It's 10 minutes or less they've decided, right? I made my decision about that one church in Greenville before I ever even listened to the pastor preach. He could have been the best preacher in the entire world. It wouldn't have mattered to me. I was done. Right? 
Y'all, this makes the pastor the least important person in church on Sunday. If the last is first and the first is last, then I'm the least important here. So for those of us that are up front leading, as your group in with me, I know that's what you're hoping for. Smile! When we sing in hymns, smile. You may not be able to see Deb, but I can tell you she's smiling. Are you smiling? Look at that, she's smiling. Life together, friends. Life together. Every person is a VIP to God. And the grace of God makes no distinctions when it comes to entering heaven's gates. Whether we come early in life or in our middle ages or in our twilight years, God always welcomes us with the same eternal inheritance. So the last will be first and the first will be last. So let us remember in our life together that there's always room. Listen, there's always room for new people at God's table. Let us also remember that God's grace, if we are blessed by him, is going to lead new people to Calvary Church. So when he does, let's treat them like the VIPs that they are. Let's keep discipling in Jesus' name. Let's keep loving others as Jesus has loved us. And I promise you, you're going to watch how our life together will bring new life to other people. And that's God's word. Seriously considered this day for the Church of Calvary and for our brothers and sisters online. All thanks and praise be to the God who loves us like crazy. Let us pray.